Welcome to Smith Tower, going up. This is it, the chance to make the elevator pitch that could determine the fate of your startup and the future of your life as an entrepreneur. The need for alternate paths to building a family has become exponentially more important, and yet adoption hasn't evolved greatly in over 50 years. You've got a captive audience. Remote work is here to stay. The problem is that working from home isn't great for everyone. But you've only got 32 seconds. Americans are more stressed than ever over their finances and prioritizing emergency savings over any other financial priority. What would you say to spark interest in your idea? In order for us to solve this problem, we created a proprietary sensing technology coupled with software that predicts the ripeness of produce. Could you make the pitch of a lifetime in the length of an elevator ride? This week on the GeekWire podcast, we hear the pitches made by four startup CEOs in Seattle's historic Smith Tower elevator on their way to winning their respective episodes on this season of GeekWire's elevator pitch series. It's a preview of the upcoming season finale in which each of the four will make a final pitch at the GeekWire Summit next week, live on stage. Hi, and welcome to GeekWire from GeekWire.com in Seattle. I'm Todd Bishop. And I'm John Cook. We are coming to you from Seattle, where we get to report each day on what's happening around us in business, technology, and innovation. What happens here matters everywhere. And every week on this show, we talk about some of the biggest stories in the news and some of the most interesting startups in the market. And in fact, John, we have been tracking some of the most interesting startups in the community on a very interesting journey. It's a 32-second journey, to be precise. It's straight up Seattle's historic Smith Tower as part of GeekWire's Elevator Pitch Competition, sponsored this year by West River Group. John, you're intimately involved in this, and the reason that we wanted to talk about it now is we officially have four finalists, each of whom will be making their final pitches at the GeekWire Summit, which is coming up October 6th and 7th in Seattle. And so on this episode, we wanted to provide a preview, listen to their elevator pitches, and then talk about the different companies and their prospects long-term. Tell us about the elevator pitch competition, John. Well, Todd, this is the third season of the elevator pitch. We've done it both at the Smith Tower and at Seattle Space Needle. We're back at the Smith Tower for this startup pitch competition and pretty exciting this year's crop of startup companies, mostly on the early stage side. So think about series A and earlier. So they're past their idea stage, they're into products and just starting to find customers. Amazing group. I was so impressed by the quality of entrepreneurs we saw across the board. So it's a great competition. They pitch in the 32 seconds it takes to get to the top of Smith Tower. And then they get feedback from judges about their pitch. Our three judges this year, Maria Colacurcio, the CEO of Cindio, she is a past winner of Elevator Pitch. That was season two. Anthony Bontrager, who is managing director of West River Group, our sponsor of the series, and also Kirby Winfield, a longtime Seattle entrepreneur and the founding general partner of Ascend VC. So to further set the stage, there were four Elevator Pitch episodes. Each of those episodes had one winner. We would highly encourage you to go back and watch the full episodes on geekwire.com slash elevator pitch. On this episode, we're going to be listening to the pitches from the four winners, one from each episode. These are the entrepreneurs who will be pitching at the upcoming GeekWire Summit. Let's start with Aaron Quick of Pear Tree. 
My name is Erin Quick, CEO and co-founder of Pear Tree. Welcome to Smith Tower, going up. With one in eight families being diagnosed with infertility and LGBTQ couples growing at least 4% year over year, the need for alternate paths to building a family has become exponentially more important, and yet adoption hasn't evolved greatly in over 50 years. Not anymore. Pear Tree is a digital platform that provides all the services needed to navigate private domestic adoption for a fraction of the fees without the long timelines, old analog process, and discriminatory practices. So that was Aaron Quick of Pear Tree, who was the winner of the first episode of season three of GeekWire's Elevator Pitch. This is a fascinating one, John. It reminded me a little bit of Boundless Immigration, which is another startup in the Seattle area. Of course, they're not nearly as far along with Pear Tree. And by the way, it's P-A-I-R Tree, a little play on words there. But it seems like they're trying to do something with the adoption process that is similar to what companies like Boundless might do with immigration, where they're providing these services that streamline the process and allow families to connect with potential adopted children much faster. Todd, this is a classic marketplace business, which a lot of investors in the Seattle area gravitate towards those types of businesses. They're a very popular type of business, you know, two-sided marketplace with a problem in the middle. One side, obviously, are the parents that are trying to find kids to adopt. And on the other side are kids that are in need of finding parents. And so sitting in the middle of that process and trying to make that more efficient and effective is what Erin Quick is trying to do. A great personal story here from her in terms of her own challenges in going through this process, which really sparked her to come up with the concept and idea. Obviously, that's always kind of a fun entrepreneurial story where you have people that have experienced the pain of something before and have come up with a better way to try to do it. And that's what Erin's trying to do with Pear Tree. The company has gotten a lot of buzz. It's raised some venture capital, very accomplished entrepreneur at the helm. And certainly it's going to be hard to pick favorites for the upcoming elevator pitch finals at the GeekWire Summit on October 6th. But this is going to be an interesting one to watch. It certainly does tug at the heartstrings. And one thing that I remember from the episode was Kirby Winfield, one of the judges, pointed out that there are potential parents, potential adoptive parents, who take out their own ads to try and connect with kids that they could potentially adopt or with programs where they could adopt kids from. And whenever you have parents who are actively out, literally putting out their own ads for the service that you're trying to provide, you're on a good path. John, it strikes me that 32 seconds is so fast. I don't know that I could get across an effective pitch in that amount of time. I actually, after watching the recent episodes, went in and did a little research. And at least according to Entrepreneur Magazine, the key elements of an elevator pitch are not only be clear and be brief and precise, but also to identify the clear problem and your unique solution. It really did feel like that's part of what Aaron did there in that brief moment in the Smith Tower elevator. Let's go on to our next elevator pitch finalist. Hi, my name is Amina Moreau and my company is Radius. Welcome to Smith Tower, going up. 
working professionals have spoken. Remote work is here to stay. The problem is that working from home isn't great for everyone. There are distractions and burnout, plus it's kind of lonely. But commuting back to a central office isn't the answer either. Radius is a B2B marketplace for on-demand workspaces down the street from your house. Imagine walking three doors down to your neighbor's guest house turned office and getting some work-life separation and seeing colleagues again right in your neighborhood. Wouldn't that be nice? I gotta say, this pitch resonated with me, John. <laughs> this is well, yes. Yeah, so we're all looking at each other. I think you know, <laughs> Kurt Milton, our podcast producer, is in his bedroom with his bed behind us. I'm in my, you know, office holding my dog with the dog leash, hoping he doesn't bark during the podcast. And Todd, you're, I see where you're at too. So like, we're all struggling with this problem. I think it's interesting. You've got a lot of office leases coming up in the next couple of years and people are going to be saying, do we renew those? Or as companies, do we decide to put that budget towards some other alternative, whether it's co-working spaces or perhaps in what Radius is hoping for into some kind of benefit for employees, such as funding a membership or some kind of allotment of credits that they could put toward a service like this. And I think this is an interesting time to be really getting creative about these kinds of alternative workspaces. Absolutely. And Todd, you know, another big theme of the GeekWire Summit, we have several sessions this year about the future of work and what is happening as a result of largely because of the pandemic accelerating our, our move towards hybrid or remote work. And Radius falls square in the middle of that. So they're writing some extremely interesting trends. What was really interesting to me on this pitch was the judges all agreed that the entrepreneur, Amina, took a little too long getting to the heart of where the problem was. But as soon as each of the judges got onto that problem, it was like a light bulb went off for them. And here's what the main problem was that they figured out that Radius was attempting to solve. Still a very early stage company. But what they really liked about this concept was that obviously Airbnb is the 800-pound gorilla in the marketplace of connecting people to homes largely for vacation rentals. Now, the problem with that model for Airbnb historically is that those are largely booked over holiday periods, weekends. And during the week, a lot of that inventory sits vacant. So what better way to come in than to have a service that actually can fill those mother-in-law dwelling units, another room during the week for people that are using it for business functions. And as soon as the judges got to that component of Amina's pitch, they all lit up because they all saw that as a massive opportunity. Now, of course, Airbnb could still come in and do that themselves, which was also brought right. up. And then you're then you're crushed. But hey, every entrepreneur faces those sorts of odds when they're starting a business. There's going to be big competitors and rivals in what you're doing. Totally. That is the challenge and the opportunity, right? And if you think about it, if this company can differentiate itself enough, get enough traction and move quickly enough, it might not be crushed by the likes of Airbnb or Verbo. It might be acquired by them. So you can see where that's the kind of race that a startup like this is in. To me, the one catch here in the scenario that you're discussing, John, is I've been in plenty of Airbnbs that 
were not comfortable for work. So there certainly is some different infrastructure that each of these property owners and hosts would need to implement to really make it suitable as a remote work office, but a fascinating business idea. Absolutely. And you're, you're right on the mark. I mean, especially when they are attracting the types of organizations or landlords or units that are going to be put into their network. These are things that they really need to look for, especially, you know, strong Wi-Fi as an example. You don't want to go to an office environment or a home that's been turned into an office and it's really cruddy Wi-Fi. So these are all things that they are investigating at Radius to make sure that when they bring on these units into their network, they are ideal for a business and work environment. So it's a super interesting company. That's out of Portland. It's it's our only Portland uh, finalist, Portland, Oregon finalists out of the elevator crop of companies and going to see what they can do live on stage at the GeekWire Summit. That again was Radius. And if you want to look it up, it's spelled R-A-D-I-O-U-S. We will be right back with more finalists in the GeekWire Elevator Pitch competition. Technology moves fast. I need to move faster. WGU's competency-based education puts me in control of how fast I move through my IT degree program. I can accelerate my program by applying what I already know to my courses and focusing on the things I need to learn. Earn a respected accredited degree that propels your career in the IT field. Learn more at wgu.edu backslash IT certs included. Welcome back. It's Todd Bishop with John Cook. This week on the show, we are listening to elevator pitches from each of the winners of the four episodes of GeekWire's Elevator Pitch, Season 3. These are the four companies and entrepreneurs who will be pitching live on stage October 6th at the GeekWire Summit, vying for the title of champion of GeekWire's Elevator Pitch. You can check out the GeekWire Summit at geekwire.com summit and Elevator Pitch at geekwire.com slash Elevator Pitch. John, let's listen to our third finalist. Devin Miller, CEO and co-founder of SecureSafe. Welcome to Smith Tower, heading to the observatory level. Americans are more stressed than ever over their finances and prioritizing emergency savings over any other financial priority. So that's why we set out to reimagine emergency savings with SecureSafe. With SecureSafe, you get an emergency savings account that's easy, automatic, with better incentives. We do this by partnering with employers to sponsor these programs, kind of like an HSA or 401k. And like an HSA, emergency savings are said to be a multi-billion dollar category, and we're set to be the category leader. So check it out at securesave.com. So that was Devin Miller of SecureSave. That's an interesting one, John. I think in contrast with the first two, where one was a clear need for adoption services, another was a really interesting idea. This is a little bit wonky. It's hard to get excited about basically a financial cushion. That said, when you need it, it's very easy to recognize that this is something that you should have gotten. So this is something for the the planners in the audience, I guess. Yeah. And also, Todd, when you think about this, though, writing the future of work trend, because companies now are under intense pressure to be elevating benefits across the board, not just health benefits, but additional benefits that are going to make it more attractive to work at those companies, especially as we face things like the great resignation and and what have you. 
this is a potential attractive element for companies to offer as an add-on benefit. I thought it was a very good pitch. Uh, Devin's really sharp. I mean, you knew what the problem was, and I think really laid it out nicely. It's interesting to have a company coming out of the fintech space here into the finals. And we should say, maybe this is tipping the hat a little bit too much, but they have a high-profile backer behind this company. You know how it is, Todd? I actually don't. Yes, you do. You've brought her up to me before. She is a backer and co-founder of the company. And when you think of financial literacy, she is one of the first names that comes to mind. Now you know. Oh, this is the company that Susie Orman backs. Exactly. Yes. So they have uh, some pretty strong heavyweights in in their corner. And I think they're on to something here in terms of rolling this out in this uncertain economic environment at a time when workers need these emergency savings. And this is a very different type of business and a very different type of sale than the other two companies we just heard from, Radius and Pear Tree, which are kind of classic marketplaces of matching folks together. This is a a B2B sale, pretty much, where they're selling to companies and you have to get a company on board that wants to roll this additional benefit out to their employee base. That said, those are the kinds of deals where if you get a great deal, it can make or break your business. You're not going after one-off individual consumer purchases. You are going after some high stakes business partners and customers. Yeah. Todd, could you imagine like if an Amazon.com and their million plus, and you know, this is the type of, an Amazon would be like the type of organization with the the number of warehouse workers and drivers and, and folks they have that probably would need a service like this. Imagine if a company like that signed on board here, you've got a big, big win in your hands. So you're right. It takes kind of one or two big wins to establish yourselves and I think a really interesting concept here in SecureSafe. There were actually three financial technology companies, fintech companies, in that episode of GeekWire's Elevator Pitch. This was episode two. And the winner, as you just heard, was Devin Miller. He is the co-founder and CEO of SecureSave, which is described as a purpose-built emergency savings solution designed to help people feel and be financially secure. We have one more to go. We are listening back to the elevator pitches from season three of GeekWire's Elevator Pitch this week on the GeekWire podcast, and we will be right back. Welcome back. It's Todd Bishop with John Cook. If you've made it this far into the episode, you know what we're doing. We're listening to these elevator pitches. John, I got to say, I really underestimated the value personally of Coming up with a good elevator pitch, I remember once, and our colleague and developer Kevin Lasota still gives me a hard time about this. I was literally in an elevator with former Microsoft CEO Steve Ballmer, and he asked me in the elevator, Todd, how's business? And you know what? I'm, this is where being a journalist is not good because you know what I did? I said, Steve, wow, you know. It's going okay. Slow going. It's a slog. We're getting there. I was trying to be authentic. And it's good to be authentic. But man, that was a real lesson learned for me. And I have to say, ever since, whenever somebody has a question like that, whether it's in an elevator or elsewhere, I'm much more clear about what we've been doing, 
how far we've come and the opportunity ahead of us. So honing these elevator pitches is key. And do you remember the legendary story from Kwame Bowler, one of the past finalists in the elevator pitch? Can you tell that one, John? Yeah, yeah. Kwame, uh, one of the finalists in the elevator pitch competition, he actually showed up and practiced in the actual elevators we were going to be operating this in before we started filming. And I thought it was very sharp to do that. And practice makes perfect. Todd, a funny story, and just building off your own experience with Steve Ballmer in the elevator, I actually gave this a test run. Oh. Trying to give the GeekWire pitch, just kind of cold, because they they needed they needed some footage with our film crew kind of get the sense of what it was going to be like. And I was like, I'll hop in there and I'll do the GeekWire elevator pitch. It's hard. I screwed it up. I'm, I'm, I hope that footage is gone and, you know, never sees the light of day. It is so hard to do this. And it takes a lot of practice to get this right. I was bumbling by the 15th second and struggling what to say. So a lot of these entrepreneurs have really practiced this and gotten it down almost to a science. And it's great to see. You really need to, it's important to be able to boil things down into under a minute. All right, John, let's listen to our last pitch in the Smith Tower elevator from the winner of episode four of GeekWire's Elevator Pitch, season three. This is Catherine Sizoff of Strella Biotechnology. The carbon emissions on food waste are greater than that of all U.S. transportation combined. In order for us to solve this problem, we created a proprietary sensing technology coupled with software that predicts the ripeness of produce. We started by helping Washington State apple and pear growers organize their inventory based on maturity to reduce waste and improve quality. We've monitored over 2 billion pieces of fruit to date and have recently closed an $8 million Series A to expand into other supply chain segments and commodities. John, the proof points there, the volume of work that they've done already and the amount of funding that they've raised, I think that makes up for any lack of knowledge that the listener might have about the specific market by conveying authority and progress with just a couple of phrases. I really liked that part of the pitch. And it's unusual to hear that in an elevator pitch in my experience. Yeah, a very solid pitch by Strella. And I think this is a really interesting area. Todd obviously goes back to my early days as a reporter in Ohio when I was on the farm beat (laughs) covering agriculture. And so I've always had an affinity for ag tech solutions that are out there. Just I I have an interest in it. And a big problem, I mean, food waste is a massive problem. And if we could get this under control, it would have a dramatic impact on just getting food to people when they need it and also climate change. So I think a really interesting pitch and they have some big backers behind them. Big picture, this is going to be a hard choice for our judges live on stage at the summit on October 6th. All four of these are extremely solid businesses with great pitches. And the thing about Strella and that pitch just now was I wanted to hear more. I wanted to learn more. And in fact, if you want, prior to the GeekWire Summit, you can go back and watch each of the full episodes, including not just the winners, but the other competitors. There were three in each episode, and you can hear the judges' comments. I highly recommend it. It's fascinating. And frankly, John, the thing I like about this is certainly shows like Shark Tank have defined the genre, but this, in my opinion, is much more authentic. Our judges, by the way, are not 
ostensibly looking to invest, like the Shark Tank investors are, they're truly trying to understand this business and pick a worthy winner among the three of them. So it's, to me, worth watching, and I highly recommend folks go to geekwire.com slash elevator pitch, and then join us at the GeekWire Summit, either virtually or in person, and you can get tickets at geekwire.com slash summit. And in the meantime, I'm going to be working on my pitch for GeekWire and probably for the summit, John. We have a lot of pitching to do next week, so we better <laughs> get to it. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Kurt Milton edits and produces our show. You can go to geekwire.com slash podcast or subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Don't forget to rate and review the show in your favorite podcast app. Until next time, I'm Todd Bishop. And I'm John Cook. Thanks for listening to the GeekWire podcast.